Hello and welcome to What's the Big Deal About Greenville. In today's episode, I sit down with Sharice Lane. Sharice is a student at Bob Jones University. She is an internet personality and a political commentator. She shared her insights into the politics of our day. We had a great conversation and I hope you enjoy it. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I was on Facebook, but right now I can't get into my account. I don't know why, but yeah, I'm just all over the place on social media, and I love doing social media and discussing politics on there and everything. So one thing I like to do to start off is just kind of get some insight into who you are and uh, how you found yourself here at Bob Jones University. Mm-hmm. And so, what it, well, what I'll start off with where I was born. I was born and raised in Orlando, Florida. To well, should I say their name? I'll just say Sonia and Steve. So two S's. There you go. Um, I'm from West Orlando, so it's like East Orlando and West Orlando. West Orlando has more black people. Um, East has like Hispanic, more white people and everything. Mm-hmm. So um, I grew up going to um, a Christian a Christian school, predominantly black, but also conservative. And also um, my grandfather's a pastor, so I grew up in going to his church, and I still go to his church. Um, how did I get the Bob Jones? I actually played basketball in high school. I don't play okay. here, but I played basketball in high school and we came for a tournament. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of Bob Jones, but I remember visiting for the Invitational. I think mm-hmm. that's what it's called. And, um, you know, we just loved the school and we, and we let them know, the, the people in charge. I don't know how that kind of connected, but we let them mm-hmm. know that we love the school. And so they wanted to do anything that they could to get us here. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's how I'm here right now. Um, I'm supposed to be a senior, but you know how Bob Jones' curriculum is. It's very right. hard. Yes. So I'm a second semester junior, still, you know, pushing <laughs> through. Hopefully, I'll be able to graduate next December. Okay, fantastic. What's your major? So my major is business right now, but I'm switching back to communications next semester. and um, I'm, But I'm taking communication classes and political science classes at the moment. What are you hoping to do with that? I'm hoping to get into politics, you know. I eventually want to run for office in the future, but for right now, um, I know I, I was supposed to have an internship with Senator Tim Scott mm-hmm. this year, but because of the coronavirus, I won't have it until next year. Mm-hmm. So probably when I graduate, I'm either going to do grad school, um, take a year off, or do grad school, or do some type of internship. But mm-hmm. I, I know I want to do grad school, some type of grad school. Okay. Um, so in terms of in terms of your politics, what has shaped your belief system? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's many factors. Well, I, st- I identify as conservative, a black yeah. conservative, and I started identifying as that in the seventh grade when um, I was at school, and basically I was in history class, and my teacher challenged us to research on both parties and the values of both parties, and when I did that, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm actually, at, at that young of an age, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm actually, I actually have conservative values, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, even though I, I do kind of get frustrated with the Republican Party sometimes, because mm-hmm. it's, it's some stuff that they're disconnected with when it comes to the black community, mm-hmm. um, I'm a re- registered Republican, because most of their things that they stand for matches up with my values, mm-hmm. so, um, and also, my grandfather, he was big into watching Fox News. Um, what, what else was it? It was Glenn Beck. Glenn I used to Beck, see him yeah. watching. Um, I used to see him watching all of that. And so I started paying attention to it when he was so engaged in it. And that's kind of how I got involved. Mm-hmm. Did um, I don't have a ton of experience like being immersed in the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, and. One thing that I was curious about, and as I was preparing for this interview, I really wanted to ask you, I said, what, uh, you hear a lot now in, in like, kind of mainstream outlets and things like that, that we need to listen to the black community. 
um, what is it that we need to hear? Right. Like, so I guess that, that's my question. Um, I've been getting a lot of heat from conservatives for speaking out on the police brutality issue. Mm-hmm. With me, when it comes to me, because I'm conservative and Republican, mm-hmm. I support the police. But I believe, and I I feel like they should take the time to actually listen instead of saying, "Oh, um, you know." You guys, you're supporting the Black Lives Matter organization because not not all of us support the organization. We mm-hmm. more so support the phrase and the movement. Actually, a lot of us don't support the organization because the organization doesn't match up with a lot of our values. Mm-hmm. So just taking the time to listen and, and have, uh, especially if you're a Christian, have a sense mm-hmm. of empathy and taking the time to listen and come to the conclusion that even though you might disagree you're able to understand the other side. And if mm-hmm. you do that, then they're able to understand you because you took the time to listen to them. So that's kind of what has happened with me. I've gotten a lot of heat from black liberals as well mm-hmm. for my stance on, you know, supporting President Trump and mm-hmm. um, identifying as conservative and with the Republican Party. But the difference with me is they have told me, thank you. Like, you've actually taken the time to listen to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't spew what they call anti-black rhetoric, you know, um, you might be a black conservative, but I, I respect you and your views because you taking you are taking the time to listen to me. Mm-hmm. So yes, just taking the time to listen, have an empathetic heart in mind, and not bashing the other side so quickly. Mm-hmm. When a lot of us do, they do have a genuine heart when it comes to these issues. Okay. Yeah, I, and I appreciate that. Thank you for your uh, candor. Now you did. You mentioned you met the president. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like? So I was invited for Black History Month in mm-hmm. February. Um, well, he he spoke. I didn't really get to meet him personally like that, but I did get a picture with him. Mm-hmm. And I know he was really sleepy. <laughs> he had just came back from India, so you know that's yeah. all across the other side of the world. Right. He was really sleepy, but I know he. From what I saw, he did a really good job with you know um, his speech, and, and then he brought up um, somebody who. Um, I forgot her name, but she actually, um, she did something before Rosa Parks. Like, the same mm-hmm. thing that Rosa Parks did, she did it before her. Mm-hmm. And she was young at the time. Like, she wasn't older like Rosa Parks. She was younger. Mm-hmm. So, she was there and she spoke. And it was just an awesome time, you know. Um, you know, I was I was surrounded by other black conservatives who we had the same thought process when it came to President Trump and his policies. Mm-hmm. And I just had a wonderful time. We, no, we did not have burgers. <laughs> we had really good food. Very good. So it was awesome. <laughs> um, so, uh, so you mentioned that you're slight. You were a little bit involved in politics here in Greenville, mm-hmm. um, and you had mentioned uh, Dwight Loftus. Mm-hmm. So I um, went to one of his debates, and I think I passed out something for him that, that night um, to try to get people to come. But I know mm-hmm. he won. So mm-hmm. okay, there you go. It, yes. it, it is is all is all you. Oh no no no! Um, so a lot of people on campus really helped him in his campaign. So I mean, I'm not from here, so I I didn't really want to get involved like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but sure. I know they did help him a lot when it came to that. Did um, have you run into? I know, like, and and I'm a full disclosure. I'm a Bob Jens graduate as well, or uh, like you will be. Um, but uh, have you run into um, Bob Jones? I guess, for lack of a better word, apologists. Uh, people who say, well, why did you go? Why are you going to Bob Jones? Yes. Um, I go to a black church here, a, okay. apostolic church. Mm-hmm. And I get that question a lot. You know, when they ask me, where do you, where do you go to school? I say, Bob Jones. They say, Bob Jones, why do you want to go there? And mm-hmm. um, also, like, people I've met 
outside of church. And what I always say is I I believe that God has called me here for a reason, and that's why I'm here. I wouldn't have came here if I didn't believe God didn't want me here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Bob Jones, they might have a, a bad past, but I know that they're working towards something good, mm-hmm. um, and they're trying their best to, you know, get with the times, um, move forward with, you know, the past and move move towards the future, the present. So, I mean, I really appreciate the efforts that they're trying to do, especially the president. I have a very close connection with the president of the school, Dr. Pettit, mm-hmm. and I've been in his office multiple times, and he has heard what I had to say concerning um, different social justice issues and political issues and things of that nature. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying my time here, honestly. Good. Good. Um, so what challenges so far, I mean, other than school, I, gu- I guess actually school would be your big one. What kind of challenges do you face right now? What's your well, hardest course? Um, <laughs> it would be argumentation and debate. Um, oh, man. I have to get a 75-piece evidence file together, and I have to debate four times in that class on the affirmative and the negative side. So um, I'm working on that right now, and... Yeah, it's something different that I've never done. And also my theories and research and communication, the theories are kind of hard to understand. Mm-hmm. And I have to write essays on those theories. So <laughs> those are calm classes. Those are hard. But I, I believe I can do it. It's just taking some time for me to adjust to that because I haven't taken classes to that level yet. Mm-hmm. Have, uh, do you have to do any public speaking? I um, just did a speech oh, very today. Good. Excellent. Um, that, that's a big relief so, it, when you yeah. get done. I have a video of it, but but basically, my we had to basically come up with a topic that we wanted to do. So I I put a black conservatives experience, and first of all, we had to do a twenty slide presentation, and so I did the present I did the slide last minute, but I mean I guess it was good um, because I, I work as well, so I'm very busy and mm-hmm, I didn't sure. have time to do that until last night. So I stayed up doing that until 5 a.m. something, and then I had to go to class at 9. But everybody said I did a good job. It was just me and my time. My computer, Something happened with the computer where she said each slide had to be 20 seconds. Like, you had to talk about oh, it for 20 seconds. Time it or whatever. And the slide, like, I had to push it. I had to push it to go to the next slide. Like, it, w- it wasn't. I don't think I timed it right. So okay. I think I got some points off for that. But I think I did a good job, honestly, for me to. For me to do that slide right. to this morning and then get like two and a half hours of sleep and then go and do the speech, I remember and that. I don't even have any note cards. I didn't have That's... any note cards either. Man, well, but you knew your stuff, see? Yes. see? So it all just kind of starts yeah. flowing, right? Yeah. No, I remember days like that. I I had one time where I was just like I I think I had I had a a speech in one class with an essay, a speech in another class with an essay, and it was like one was in the morning, one was in the afternoon, and I pulled an all nighter. And I just, I didn't even sleep. I just came in and just started talking. And it was, it was I had just got off of work, so I had to come straight from work to doing that. And then, you know, they don't allow you to take showers after 12, so I had to get permission to take a shower after 12. (laughs) They were like, it's fine. Like, yes, because I had to go straight from work to doing my actual homework. So... (laughs) Man, well, thanks for doing the interview. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're on like fumes right now. <laughs> um, so, do you feel supported by social media? So, you have a social media presence. I'm sure that's a loaded question, but that's that's why I'm asking. I would say uh, yes and no. Um, I get opposition from both conservatives and Repu- conservative Republicans and liberal Democrats mm-hmm. because, okay. For me, I was I was talking about this in class. Like I call myself 
pro-black, which that doesn't mean I'm anti-white. That basically mm-hmm. means I want our fathers to get back in the homes. I want black families to be together. I want um, black economics to thrive again. We're not really economically stable as a people group in the United States. So, you know, the, the Democrats say, you cannot say you're pro-black and support President Trump. You know, he he spews anti-black rhetoric. Um, he's racist and da-da-da, mm-hmm. this and that. And then I have the right saying, um, basically, don't call yourself black, call yourself American. Um, if you if you say you're pro-black, I can say I'm pro-white, which I don't have a problem with. I never said mm-hmm. that. Or they, they call me a black supremacist because I say I'm pro-black and pro-American. And it's just... It's like it's very polarized. Like this nation is very polarized at the moment. Sure. And if you don't spew aside talking points, basically you're already canceled. Mm-hmm. So again, I've had a problem, some problems with some conservatives and Republicans for speaking out on the police brutality thing. But then again, I do support the police. So mm-hmm. it's really what I say is I believe it's a humanity issue, not a political issue. Mm-hmm. So everybody mm-hmm. should be involved and engaged in it. You know, it's just not a Democrat issue. Or a Republican issue. Everybody should be engaged in it. And especially as Christians, we should be able to have those conversations with people and have a little empathy when it comes to these things. I like the I like the Venn diagram. I was looking at your Facebook page and you have this Venn diagram where you have And um, I haven't been on Facebook in two months. I don't know what's going on, on my Facebook. But... I, I don't know. I I I, I, it, I just saw your post, but mm-hmm. then you had this one picture where you show the Venn diagram that helps you kind of explain like how you feel about those issues so that's that was instagram okay 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 i'd see (laughs) but it was um like you had angry about police brutality um believe black lives matter black lives matter but not the organization we don't support the organization right and then supporting police so that's where i'm at i'm in the middle with all of those you're the overlapping part of the venn diagram i thought that was really powerful um and it and it says a lot Mm -hmm. um so and i and i feel like do you well i I have my opinion, but how do you feel? Do you feel that a, a portion of the black community supports that, or or do you honestly, feel like I do. And the media is making it seem like we don't support the police when a lot of us do, especially um, stuff that goes goes on in a lot of our communities. There's a lot of crime where I'm at. Um, you know, I'm from the hood. Mm-hmm. Still, have to go back to it when I'm home. When I was home um, from March to it was March to August, I would say it was like four people that basically were murdered one of them was was dexter rance and i always talk about this i'm like basically the community knows who shot him but they're not saying anything Mm -hmm. um he was he came from a a a video shoot and somebody did a a drive-by and they got basically they weren't aiming at him but they got the wrong person they're aiming at somebody else and he was shot and killed he was supposed to be going to play college ball college football in 30 days you know trying to trying to make a name for himself and his Mm -hmm. family and just that's just taken away then there's another guy, another boy, um, 14 years old, who before I left, somebody, I don't know what happened. Like, they, it was in my neighborhood. They basically went and shot him and lost his life at 14 years old. No justice, none whatsoever. Then I don't know this other dude, but he it, it's a park literally five minutes away from my house, mm-hmm. like five minutes by walking, and somebody shot and killed. I don't know if he's dead, but I know they, they shot him. Mm-hmm. So it's like. When it comes to that, me, I speak on the violence in my community and I speak on police brutality because I don't think either is greater than the other. Like, I think they're, they're both equal and I think that we both should talk about it. You know, a lot of conservatives tell me, what about black on black crime? Well, I, I do speak on that. But then mm-hmm. you do have, you know, the white on white crime, Asian on Asian, Hispanic on Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Right. But me, I'm not a hypocrite. I speak out on both. Mm-hmm. So I think that we need a balance 
when it comes to those issues. Don't speak. Don't speak out about one if you're not speaking about speaking out about the other. Mm-hmm. So more of a more of a crime. It's a crime problem, and mm-hmm. then I'm not like these little niches. Of- right, because you know every race commits crimes against each other. Is more so a crime issue. Mm-hmm. You know. What do you think the solution is? I don't even know honestly because it's been this has been going on for years. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really have a clear answer for that. But what I will say is we need to be more involved and engaged in the community, um, get these boys and these girls off the streets, you know, get them in, involved in church something mm-hmm. where they won't have to be violent, you know, and, and result to doing these things. What is, do you feel like, like within your social media communities, do you feel like you are getting more support or more pushback or I'm getting both honestly it like seems more like 50/50 yes okay <laughs> and it's and it's from all groups it's, it's not from like all, any... both sides sometimes i don't feel like i fit in but then again mm-hmm. the only reason that i'm still conservative and republican is because i believe god wants me in the party mm-hmm. to, to educate the party to change the party from the inside out mm-hmm. you know to to make better relations with the black community and the republican party so if god wants me to stay i'm going to stay you know mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how i feel I I, be, I really truly believe God wants me in the party to change it and to reform it and to make it better. So that's that's why I'm in it. I've um, I read um, some of Jordan Peterson and some of the stuff that he talks about is you know when you're reflecting on yourself you kind of cut away all the dead wood mm-hmm. and that's really scary because you, there may be nothing left. You know when you're done cutting away all the mm-hmm. stuff that needs to be cut away. When you apply that to the, that idea to the Republican Party, what do you think is dead wood and what do you think needs to be cultivated? Like what needs to be fixed? Right. Right. I just think their approach, the way they approach things has to be better because it's all about, I don't believe in political correctness, Mm -hmm. but there's a way that you approach a community that has felt like you haven't really been there for them all these years. Yes. The Republican party, what started off as the abolitionist party Mm -hmm. and everything like that and fought against slavery and things of that nature. But some of the rhetoric and the things that, that like the way they say things is not coming off right. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say his name, but somebody that I used to be very involved with basically was like, there's no such thing as a, as a black national anthem. And me growing up in, as a black American in a black church, going to a black school, Christian and conservative, I grew up singing the black national anthem in school at church at home, you know, not only for Black History Month, but you know, just mm-hmm. reflecting on the the purpose of the song, and it just came off. It came off very like they basically like they want me to throw away my history, mm-hmm. which I understood why why he said it because you know it's the NFL they're playing that instead of the national anthem. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, you have to word it differently. Say you don't agree with the, the NFL doing that, and not there's no such thing as a black national anthem mm-hmm. because it was originally um, made and and sung. Um, for Mar- for Abraham Lincoln's birthday, and it was basically a hymn, you know, um, basically telling of what Black people have gone through in this country, Black Americans, and it was released in the early 1900s. Hmm. So, ah, I, I mean, I'm not offended, but I'm it kind of hurt me a little bit because it's like I am a Black American, and that's a part of my history that I don't want to get rid of, mm-hmm. and I don't think that you should say it doesn't exist because right. it does. Do you um? Where do you think it has a place, like just for NFL, for, exist, for example? I mean, personally, I, don't, I think that they should play the national anthem. Okay. My thing is he should have just worded it differently. Mm. 
he should have just called the NFL out and not said that it doesn't exist because mm-hmm. it has always existed where I come from. I grew up singing it. I know it word for word. Um, I sing it. I put it on my Instagram singing it for Black History Month, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a, a very uh, near, it's very near and dear to my heart mm-hmm. because the words there, it's a hymn, like it actually means something to me. So a lot of people are saying they've never heard of the, the Black National Anthem and, you know, it shouldn't be called I the Black. Yeah, well, it's called Lift Every Voice and Sing, but mm-hmm. it was called, it's, they call it the Black National Anthem, the early 1900s. I think it was 1919 when they named it that. Mm-hmm. So it's always been named that. So I don't know when it became a problem where, you know, people are, basically people are telling me I want to have a separate black nation, but that's not the case. Yeah. I just, it's a part of my history. Black history is American history. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I definitely, I don't kneel when it comes to the National Anthem or the flag because I am pro-American mm-hmm. as well. So I think there should be a balance, and I believe I have that balance. I'm mm-hmm. both. I love being black. I love being American. I don't see a problem with that. How do you think you achieve that? Is what's your approach? Your balance is what I'm. What is like? What's my approach on? On okay, like let's say when you were when you were sitting down and say, okay, I've got these I've got these issues that mm-hmm. are in play. How did you How did you approach them and say like, okay, I want to form a value set, mm-hmm. and then and then. How'd you work that? Well, first, that, I'm Christian, so I always say I vote by my, my values, my Christian values. Mm-hmm. And then I try to look at it from a perspective of a black American woman and, you know, what my community needs. So basically having that balance, you know, some people, you know, they're Christian, but then they say if they're black, I'm not black. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, okay, if you think that, that's fine. And then some people, when they're black, they say, oh, the um, Christianity was is a white man's religion, which I don't believe. And Christianity was even in Africa before, you know, Europeans, I guess, mm-hmm. colonized it earlier on. So I think having that balance is very important. And that's what a lot of black American Christians have. They have that balance like me. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, we're proud to be black. We proud of how, we are proud of how God made us, but we're also proud, you know, to be God's child, to be a Christian, to hold those Christian values, to hold those American values. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I definitely think I have a good balance. Some people might not agree, but when it comes to me engaging with the Christian community, um, the evangelical community, the black community, I think I have a good balance, you know. And uh, back to social media, did you um, do you feel like one particular platform has more reach than the others do, or Twitter definitely? Like if you go okay. viral on Twitter, you're gonna go viral everywhere. Okay. And TikTok, it's like a new newer app. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's been around since 2017 or 18, mm-hmm. but. Um, those videos have really nice, really good reach too. Like I've gone viral several times, and I guess Instagram just came out with Reels, so it was like based off of TikTok because they thought TikTok was gonna basically abandon the United States. You know what's going on with right, TikTok yeah, and China, right, right, which I love TikTok, but Reels. At first, I was like, oh my goodness, Instagram is stealing everything. Like they stole the stories from Snapchat, <laughs> and now they're stealing the Reels. But yep. it's actually good too. Like if you make Reels. You're gonna if you make if you make good content according to your audience, you're gonna get a large reach mm-hmm. um, according to your videos and then the hashtags that you use. So it would be Instagram, really all three. I would just say Twitter is the main one, and then okay. TikTok and then Instagram. It's so do you do you start with? And I don't want to like you know get into the secret sauce or whatever because you have <laughs> your thing. But it's uh, do you, do you start with Twitter and the, I tweet and- every day and I just tweet what's on my mind and. Mm-hmm. If, Whatever is good to them goes viral. Okay. So I'm going viral. So you just wait and see what the response is. Yeah. Well, yeah. And depending on who retweets your stuff, who um, responds to it, mm-hmm. and everything like that. 
Is there is there any rhyme or reason to it? I mean, do you like does some stuff take off and you're like, what? Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like the things that I don't think is going to take off takes off. That always happens though. Huh. The things that you don't think go will go viral goes viral. Hmm. Like I did a even on TikTok, I did a video basically saying. Where's the money going from the Black Lives Matter organization? Mm-hmm. And because I, I honestly, the money's supposed to be going to the Black community, and it really hasn't. Like it, it's been going to um, political candidates and Democrat Party. So that have like it has like I did it last week, and that video has like seven hundred k views and hmm. like hundred k something likes. I'm like I literally just did that. Here I'll show you. I literally just <laughs> edited it and did it in my dorm room, and it really took off. And then I put it on Instagram, and it has 300K views on Instagram. And, and then another page po- reposted it on Instagram, and I think it has 500K something views on there. So I'm like, okay, well, my stuff is really going viral. Oops, let me turn it down. So it was this, oh, it has 800K views now. And so it's just. And so, and I edited it to make it like I had a twin. Oh, man. Oh, okay, so you can do like a mirror image or something like that. I can't tell my secrets, okay, but people okay, were asking, okay, do you have okay, a twin? Because okay, it was two of me in a, in, a, in a video. So right here, it tells you your views, and I have like 800K views. Yeah. Like, wow, that really took off. I'm almost at a million views. I can't tell you how <laughs> weird that is to see the the bunk beds of Bob Jones University. And like, I don't, I don't know. It's right. it, it's really, it's it's really strange. And the, the, the uh, I graduated in 2000. Wow. That so, was so long so ago. So this is like different. another world. Yeah. Um, and this used to be this? where we're sitting. This used to be the bookstore. Wow! And there was a wall, and then they had what was called the snack shop. Wow! Where all the everything was over there. It's really something. Yeah, this, this is great check. for studying and everything. Even the yeah. room that we're in is great for you know meetings like this. So mm-hmm. it was. It, we didn't have much like this. Really, the only place you could truly study would be either in the dorm room or you could go to the library. Mm-hmm. And which I guess now has turned into some kind of a nursing. The the bottom half, the top mm-hmm. is still the library. Okay. They they have a going on with those like carpeted like cubicle things. Right. You can you can get really in the zone. It's something else. But um, okay. So what advice would you give to someone who wants to influence others? So if you're talking to somebody who's in middle right. school now, mm-hmm. trying to have a burgeoning political career, I would basically say be yourself. Um, state the things that you want to state. Do not worry about political correctness because you know. Again, yes, when it comes to me and my messaging, I do believe you should say things in a way where, you know, you're still able to reach out. But at the same time, if you want to get a message out there, get it out there. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I've done. I have offended some people, but I have said it in a way where it has created a conversation where, you know, we can't actually talk and not not call each other names. Mm-hmm. So definitely be yourself. Don't worry about political correctness. Um, don't be nervous when it comes to stating your beliefs and your opinions. And don't worry about peer pressure. Like if your peers are pressuring you to think a certain way, say, no, I'm going to think how I want to think because I have the freedom to do, to do that in this country. Mm-hmm. That's like, so have you, when you... When you have offended somebody, did you feel like you, is the goal, I guess, is the goal to not offend people or is the goal to. It's really to create conversation. Um, I don't, when I I do videos and and posts, I don't name call. So even if I do offend someone, we end up having a really good conversation Mm -hmm. and then come to an agree to disagree moment, um, understanding each other's side. Like Mm -hmm. I have, I guess I have offended my dad. My dad doesn't agree with a lot of my politics, but it has created um, conversation between the both of us. And we are now coming to a 
you know, a mutual conclusion that we might not agree on everything, but we definitely understand each other's sides. You know, I, I even just went to a conference called the Solutionary Summit, and my dad basically told me he's going to go to the next one. So that's really big because at that conference, it wasn't just like Republicans. It was Republicans, Democrat, Libertarians, Independents, because that's how it should be. Everybody should have a chance to have um, discourse, you know, and to agree to disagree. So my dad said he's going to go to the next one. And I said, oh, I'm excited because it's the first time my dad actually wants to go to um, a political thing that I'm involved in. That's fantastic. <laughs> what, what's your attitude on Blackfoot? Um, I used to be very involved with them, but they have said some things and approached some situations that I don't agree with. So unfortunately, I had basically I had to withdraw myself. You know, um, I have fell out with a lot of people in the organization, but I mean, I, I won't badmouth the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, they did create a lot of connections for me. Just me personally, even with the police brutality cases and things of that nature, I don't think that the leaders handled um, the messaging in the right way. I think that this was, this was a great opportunity for the leaders of the organization to really show the black community that they care when it came to these things. But I think that they fell short of that. But, I mean, to each his own, you know, if that's the way that they want to message when it comes to their organization, then that's fine. Obviously, they do have a big reach when it comes to some black conservatives. Some black conservatives like them. Some black mm-hmm. conservatives don't. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I would just say, you know, they should just keep doing them and do what's comfortable for them when it comes to messaging to the crowd they want to message to. Do you think it has a lot to do with like, not so much what's being said, but the tone in which it Yes, has? basically, because they, I mean, I do agree with a lot of the stuff that they mm-hmm. say, but at the same time, some stuff I don't because of the way that they're saying it, um, the way that they're coming off. Basically, like, sometimes I feel like they don't really have any empathy when it comes to certain situations. Or I even said um, when it came to the police brutality situation, it's always, oh, he's a criminal. You know, it's not, um, you know, it was wrong for them, for the cops to do this and that, you know. Um, which, okay, both sometimes both sides are wrong. You know, mm-hmm. the, the Jacob Blake situation, he should have never knelt down and got whatever he got, was trying to get. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't believe the policeman should have shot him seven times in the back. You know, you can have, you can, you can come to a middle ground when it comes to that. But I just think they have to, they have to improve their messaging. And then if they do that, I think that they will attract more, um, especially black voters. All right. Well, I know you're not from here, but the title of my podcast is what's the big deal about Greenville mm-hmm. from what you know, uh, Sharice Lane, what is the big deal about Greenville? Um, I love downtown. So the scenery downtown, um, for right now I'm loving the weather, but I hate winter. So yeah. when it's winter, it won't be the big deal. That won't be a big <laughs> deal with Greenville. But the weather, the scenery, um, even Bob Jones campus is really pretty. Um, yeah. Um, the people are nice here as well. I haven't really got out much, but from what I've seen, people at my church. Um, yeah, they're really nice. And just like a southern hospitality thing that I really love. Well, thanks so much for participating. I I really appreciate it. Good conversation. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Hey, everybody. This is Bill Kammer. I'm having a lot of fun producing this show. Uh, I'm an educator and realtor here in Greenville. You probably could guess that I love my town and I want others to know what's great about it. If you'd like to call Greenville home, please contact me. My email address is in the show notes. If you like what you hear, please follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at The Big Deal Greenville or on Twitter at The Big Deal GVL. My artwork is by Corey Godby. I license the music at Storyblocks Audio. 
If you'd like to be a guest on the show, email me at thebigdealgreenville at gmail.com. Thanks a lot for listening, y'all.